I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Bonfire, a podcast about female power your power, and how to unleash it against the forces that oppose you in the workplace, in your life, in yourself. Our hosts, Rachel Bellow and Suzanne Mushin, are serial entrepreneurs and co-founders of, that's right, Bonfire, a talent accelerator for women on the rise. They're here to give you the kind of advice you won't get from your mom or from HR or even from the men we love and admire. Listen up. This is the sound of the fire that will set you free. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rach. Um, Well, today is feeling magic. You know why? Magical. Why? Because it's Friday? No, it's because that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about your magic. And I don't mean your, Suzanne. I mean you who are listening to this show are part of female magic that we call witchcraft. Every day for a long time and for many years to come, you have called upon a whole range of ways and words that actually is called magic. Once you see it and own it, oh baby, it is going to be yours for life. Well, you certainly have been reading Once and Future Witches. Yes, I have. Because you sound very much like the narrator of that book, which we're going to talk about more. But look, women have been wielding this power over others, men in particular, for a long, long time. And we call it a lot of things. We can call it flirting. We can call it seduction. We can call it sorcery, sorcery, black magic. But it is not a thing of the past. This is something we still do. It's not just something of, you know, Salem. So we want to get to the heart of this particular kind of power that women wield and what it is, how you're using it, why you should keep using it. And in addition to that, we are going to bring onto the show Parvati Shallow, who if you don't know that name, it means you don't watch the television reality show Survivor. But if you do watch that show, along with millions and millions of people, you will know her from having played four times and one the episode season 16, where she literally did create a coven of women who used black magic to weave a spell over a player named Eric in what ultimately went down as one of the greatest mind-blowing moments in the show's history because there's nothing short of, of magic 
black magic that you would call what went down when she and these women took hold of this man's mind. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. That was a little scary. (laughs) And I'll I'll tell you, if you're listening to this going, and I'm out because I don't like me, I don't listen to, I don't watch Survivor. I don't want a reality show recap. Let me just tell you this. When Suzanne showed me this episode, especially in the context of what we're talking about today, women's witchcraft, I would, I, 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 my mouth was hanging open. It is incredible. And Parvati Shallow is someone you need to hear from. I mean, Rachel, you and I have, have many instances where we went and sold an offering to customers where we had no right to do so. We had no real skill. <laughs> but we did have will, words, and I guess ways. Yes, we did. Right? And if you if you believe our will and these words, we're going to find a way. That was right. the thing. Yes. So the one that sticks out to me the most was we were pitching into a very high profile foundation with a, just a shit ton of money on hand. Elena Ferrante, who you and I also both love, she wrote My Brilliant Friend. She wrote a, an article in the New York Times or an op-ed that I wrote about this kind of power that we wielded in the room. And she says, in the beginning, I didn't know that storytelling was a kind of power. I became aware of this only slowly and felt an often paralyzing responsibility. I still do. Power is neither good nor bad. It depends what we intend to do with it. Yes. And I think at the time, we really did believe that we were going to do good for this foundation. So we just kept telling our story. It's, you know, my ex-husband used to say, you, you, what you do is you throw stardust in their eyes so they yeah. can't see you clearly, which was very <laughs> insulting. However, <laughs> true. Um, so true. <laughs> and so we won, the, we won the job, and it was a seven-figure job. And I'll just end this by saying I, we weren't irresponsible. It just really was an act of what I could only call witchcraft. And so I think what we want to share here is, I hope as we're telling these stories, each of you listening is thinking to yourself this, when is the last time I kind of wove a web? Yeah. When I, when is the last time I used Stardust? When is the last time I told a story or a narrative that brought people to me in a way that just seemed a little unnatural, right? So the question we're asking today is, once we get the power, because we will, we will start getting the titles, the promotions. There will, you know, I don't know whether you will need to cast forward 10, 20, or 50 years, but there will come a day when women rule, actually rule. Oh, yeah. Right? In equal measure to men. Well, look, I think that there's a lot of examples out there that we can point to in in our day-to-day lives. But what I'd like to also share now is one of the examples from my favorite world. It's a real world, even if you claim it's not, which is the world of the television show Survivor. Oh, God. But I think we can prove in this moment, and you'll have to stay with me on this, that this is a moment of witchcraft. 
I, I believe because I, I was forced by you to watch this particular episode that we are going to talk about with the winner. Oh, no, no. Parv didn't win two times. She's played four times, won once. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Parvati is going to come and talk to us about this one particular episode that demonstrates precisely what we're talking about. So before we bring Parvati on, for our listeners who don't watch the show, or I'll just quickly set this up and then we can turn it over to Parv. So as some people know in the show, you're basically 20 people dropped on an island. People are voting you out each, you know, every couple of days until there's only one sole survivor left. And as you go on with the show, key to the winner is a group of people who you call your alliance. And so in this season, for the first time, in, in, so it's season 16, a group of women come together and decide to form a female coven, a female alliance. And it comes down to a moment in which there are, I think, five women and one man named Eric. And I will let poverty take it from here. Harvardy Shallow, welcome to the Bonfire Podcast. Thank you. I've been dreaming of this day for so long. I'm finally here. <laughs> you know, so many people say that about our podcast that they're dreaming to get on. We're very exclusive and and welcome. Yes, I feel very special, which is my favorite way to feel. So thank you. <laughs> Love that. Okay, so we've already teased our listeners by telling them a little bit about what was happening in this magical, black magic moment when the four of you had somehow found yourselves in this moment with Eric. All right, let's get to the vote. Eric, you have the individual immunity necklace. As always, you can give it up to somebody if you choose to. Otherwise, it is yours and you are safe tonight. It was a very tough decision for me, for a lot of reasons. As a competitor, I've always said, you know what, keep your fate in your own hands. But there's so many things weighing on my mind. I've made a lot of mistakes in the past couple days. And I know that actions do speak louder than words. Uh, I want to give individual immunity to Natalie. You're crazy. You officially go down as the dumbest survivor ever in the history of Survivor ever. Okay, once the votes are read, the decision is final. The person voted out will be asked to leave the Tribal Council area immediately. I'll read the votes. First vote. Eric. Parvati. Eric. Two votes, Eric. Thirteenth person voted out and the sixth member of our jury. Eric. That's three. That's enough. Need to bring me your torch. You guys drive me crazy. Yeah. The critical aspect of this is there were four women. So we were a coven. We were a gaggle of women and we were like encircling Eric, who is, he's the per, the odd man out. And it's not a gender specific scenario. Like if it had been a woman, I think, you know, it would have also been a similar situation, but it just happened that Micronesia was very thematically like the women got together. We had a women's alliance. 
we were so skilled in our own unique ways and we'd been working together and trusting one another for the duration of many days in the game and had been aligned. So this was a moment in time where we were all pretty down and out. Eric had won immunity, which meant he was guaranteed to move on to the final four. And there were four of us women that really didn't, we weren't ready to say goodbye. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Were you guys talking off camera, the the women, about as a self-conscious like alliance, were you guys going, hey, we are, or was it just organically developing that way that the four of you had this bond? I was the glue who had brought this group together. And this was a really special group. Every woman in the group was so tuned in to her own unique magic. And so um, willing to be a part of this team, which was really important because in Survivor, it can be a very egoic, competitive game. It's like, okay, you're here to survive. One person is going to win. The ego can take that and be like, I want to be the star. But with this group of women, there none of us were like, oh, I need, I have to prove something. Harv, how would you just describe each woman's superpower? Well, first of all, you have to know your subject. And Eric was 19. He wanted to be liked. And we all knew that. So there were, each one of us had a different um, way of engaging with Eric. And my way was, he already, he didn't like me very much. I was sort of like the enemy of Eric. So I could play bad cop. Um, I had already voted out his friends. He was like kind of mad about it. And so I was like, okay, I don't need to be nice. That's not my sauce with Eric. I am going to be a little bit like edgy and kind of like cutting and a bit of a bully. So that was my role. And this was all done organically. Again, you guys didn't have a conversation about your respective roles. You just sort of fit into that intuitively. That's right. Because I was like, oh, yes, of course this can work because we have all of these pieces to speak to Eric's psyche. And we needed all of those pieces from different angles to go in to, to buffer and coddle and like deny and pull and create the friction and tension internally in himself to give him enough internal confusion so that he could be entranced to make this move. It was like he was out of body. He was just like, no, it absolutely looked like poverty. When you, when I watched it from the outside, not having tracked it because I am not a survivor watcher, uh, he looked like he was under a spell. I swear to God, he looked like he was like under like being hypnotized or something. It was really amazing. Like there are so many dynamics at play when you're playing Survivor too. It's so primal, and all of the voices of reason that you would go to. Like you can't go to your best friend or your mentor and be like, "Hey, is this you know? Should I be considering this or is this crazy?" Like you're just on your own. So being isolated in that way and being so stripped of any kind of uh, resources, you're really vulnerable to these forces of, you know, the psyche that can kind of prey on that kind of um, vulnerability. So that's where we were at. He was just a, he was a sweet little doe-eyed baby deer 
and we came in, surrounded <laughs> him, and took him down. <laughs> if you look at the scene at Tribal Council, oh. you see like my jaw drops. I am everybody's like, jaw dropped. Yeah. <laughs> and, how did even Jeff keep a straight face? I mean, everyone, but I I loved the looks each of you, each of the women in the coven gave one another was like, yeah. oh, especially it Natalie. It was like, everyone was like, it worked. Our spell worked. We did this. Like we did this. And and I, I'm also taking away the message from you, which is it took all of us. It wasn't any one person's manipulation Absolutely. of one person. It was the it was the group of women, and you even said this, winding and winding and winding their way around their their subject until they created the narrative that he couldn't escape from. And so, Parvati, I, the thing that I loved was how everybody, when it happened, like. On the jury. <laughs> Shake, I was shaking their heads like, you fucking fool, you fool, you fool. Did Eric realize, or or let me put it this way, when did he realize that he had been completely duped? I think it wasn't until Jeff started reading the votes. And- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. His name came up. That was when he realized God. it. He was so caught up in his own dream of being the hero that it, 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 there was nothing that could shatter it. I mean, I've been trapped there too yeah. myself before in my life. And I know like sure. anyone can tell me. They're like, oh, girl, like, do you see this? Like, this is not what's really happening. But if yes. you're caught up in your own dream, there's no one that can get through to it's, you it's until the cold, no hard one, fact yes. of reality. That's the magic. Okay, Parvati. So now many years have gone by since that. And I know that you've been really studying, like reading and working and through a lot of different methodologies, studying the power of women. What have you learned? What's blowing your mind right now? Oh, so many things are blowing my mind right now. That's such a good question. I really am enjoying getting my mind blown because my own delusions for my own life are completely being shattered and dissolved. 
which, you know, it comes with so, so much emotion. And it's becoming really clear to me that women's power is in our feeling. It's in our emotion. It's in the depth of our willingness to feel all of the emotions, rage, grief, sadness, joy, passion, desire, all of these longing, all of these emotions that um, when we are in survival mode or when we're in the mode of prioritizing our ambitions and working or, or creating a family or stepping into some kind of pre-created role, wife, mother, girlfriend, whatever that is, we can stop feeling those feelings to survive this kind of collective dream that's been created that has all these roles and ways of behaving. And in stepping out of that, for me, like I'm going through a divorce that is really shaking up my roots in the most incredible way. I'm feeling things. I'm coming alive inside my body in this really powerful way where I'm feeling the lower half of my body alive, buzzing, vibrating, guiding me, moving me in directions of like taking tango classes and it's going walking through graveyards. I mean, I'm doing some weird stuff that I have never been drawn to before. And I'm following my own lead in that way. And I don't know where it's leading me, but it is so wildly fun. And I'm like empowered and feeling safe in my body and loving my life now. And I'm like, okay, this is this is the power of women. This is the power that we have once we are willing to let go of this preconceived, maybe even childlike or innocent dream that we once had that we could fit into this society and belong to this um society that really is really not set up for women's health. It's not set up for women's magic. It's not set up for our power. It's not set up for our enjoyment or our pleasure in any way. It's like, oh, I don't want to fit into that anymore. Right. And and so that question of fit is what you're talking about. As long as you're focused on fitting, whether it is, I need to fit this goal that we've collectively decided I now t- need to play a role in, or I'm fitting this role of daughter, wife, girlfriend, whatever it is, or I'm fitting this corporate expectation of success, whatever it is that is the dominant determiner of what fit means, what what you have to do to fit is ignore a, a whole part of the spectrum of your own experience. You have to, because you're, that's what fitting is about. And so when things shatter, which is traumatic, a divorce, when, when a pattern is just shattered, all of a sudden you are liberated to experience all those feelings that you didn't allow. And that means you have a brief moment before you fit again to decide what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And I do believe, especially if the shattering is of a long-cherished 
dream. And if you're willing to feel the grief and the pain and walk through it and get as much support, I've gotten so much support, like get as much witchy support as you can. I have so many healers in my corner. I have an acupuncturist, a somatic healer. I have a rolfer. And these women are brilliant healers, the hypnotherapist. I'm doing all the stuff. And you're, if you're willing to step forward into that space of, okay, well, not, if not this, then I'm, then what? There's a, there's an emptiness and it's sort of like, well, I don't really know what's next, but there's the magic because you can drop into your deeper wisdom. As a woman, if you're feeling shamed around your sensuality, um, around your playfulness, your flirtatiousness, your ability to use this power of this like womanly gift that we've all been given of like coquettishness, then you're missing out on this massive amount of energy. It's massive. So reconnecting to that is like a waterfall experience and it will change everything in your life. So I'm just, I'm, it comes with a warning. Definitely. Like <laughs> prepare yourself because it, it requires like reconnecting to this aspect of yourself that you can flirt and, you know, use this power to really move through the world and create huge, massive change for yourself. Um, it definitely requires some stabilizing internally where you're like, okay, I need, I need to make sure I can ground this energy as well. I wish I had more words, Will and ways to say thank you for sharing that gift that you just gave us in our audience. What a gift. Oh, you're so welcome. We'll be back after the break. So Rachel, one big aha for me as we talk about women and witchcraft is that no one woman ever holds power alone. It's just not our model. It's not what women do, right? I mean, that's such a huge part of Bonfire. It's the source code of our success, yours and mine, yes. right? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to have done my career alone. So you're right. You need to look for a coven. And what I want to say, and this was, again, part of the power of the storytelling in Once and Future Witches were these moments when they started using the words and the wills and the ways together, together. It was never enough for one person to hold on to it. In fact, there was a lot of storytelling that was passed on from mothers to daughters and sisters to sisters. The story of what we hope our future witchery will look like, which is truly women coming together in a way that men would never do. It's a truly new definition of what power looks like. It is a new definition. We are building a new way. This is not about imitating the image and methods of power that you see before you today, because that was built by men for men in order to have male power. Okay. That's fine. No blame. You know, if, if it had been female, we would have done it for female. But the fact is that as women gain power, I'll just say briefly that this was, this was a moment in my 20s that I remember recognizing, wait, 
there's something really, really wrong about the assumption that women want power like men and that when women have power, they are men, okay? I was in a room with a couple, an Italian couple, that happened, it's very rare, where the woman and the man were equally successful novelists. Of course, he had gotten all of the, you know, prizes in Italy. And Elsa Morante is her name. And she's written a bunch of extraordinary novels in one of the great movies of all time, Sophia Loren, called History, about World War II. And he was Alberto Moravia, her husband. And Alberto Moravia also had gotten every prize known to man. And he was talking to his friend, and I was listening. And he said to his friend about his wife, he was bragging about her, and he said, Ah, mia moglie, un uomo mia moglie, which means, oh, my wife, she's amazing, she's a man. She, and that was the highest compliment he could pay. And I remember thinking, she sort of jerked a little bit, but didn't reject it. It was the highest compliment. She's so good, she's like a male novelist. Yeah. Wow. And it's interesting that your 20-ish year yeah. old self knew to cringe at yeah. that. Because I think that when we, you and I were in our 20s, if somebody had said that to us, we would have been like, thanks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. In fact, on our next podcast, we're going to be talking about a series of things that Rachel and I think are not okay. Not okay. Are just not okay a whole set of things that recently we have realized not okay. are simply not okay. So we want you to think about your power, your witchcraft, know when you're using it. And as I have said to Rachel, my daughters, I know you've said it to my daughters, women first, your coven first, then the men. Always know where your women are Hold them close. Hold them tight. You will always need them. Keep your coven close. Okay, so here's what I want to say as the sign-off to you. To me you personally. You listener. You who are listening in your car, parked on the side of the road because you can't fucking believe how brilliant this is. As you gain power in the world, whether that's in your company, in your fa- you know, as we get older, we gain power however you want to define that. As you gain power, have no shame about the ways in which you exercised power as magic when you didn't have the tools of power that the world recognizes. Check this out. All right, let's check this out. And also let's remember that we are never paid this is our pure the things we love or have discovered or have uncovered that we must share with you. So I'm going to go first. And I have recently just spilled a little of my check this out on me, Ew. on myself. But I don't Ew. care because it smells so good. Okay. This is by Tasha and Co Organics. It is eucalyptus and crystals. It is a shower mist. So it comes in this little beautiful crystal bottle. And what you do is you keep it in your shower, and when the water gets very hot, you spray it up to the top of the shower, 
and it will turn into crystal wow. mist. And it will turn your entire shower into like a, a spa steam shower experience with the eucalyptus and it stays. I mean, you can just do like two or three pumps and it will last for, you know, several, five, six minutes in there in the That's shower. Cool. Smelling delish. Tasha and Co. Okay. Organics shower mist. All right. Ready for my check it out? This is I a am. hack. I'm excited about this it. This is an extraordinary hack that I discovered by accident. Okay. Here's how I discovered it. I have a lip gloss that I love, and I'm not going to say which it is because, well, the, the brand is Loon and Aster, Loon plus Aster. It's a very light lip gloss. I'm very picky about lip gloss and the feel. The color that I love, of course, was oh. discontinued. Of course. Yeah, okay. always the case, right? Of course. When it was discontinued, I went online late at night, like to all my places. I, I did. I bought 17 things of it. You know, you can get it on eBay. You get it on weird places. You fucking get everything, right? Now I have a hundred of them in my, and I'm sure I'm going to discover that I don't like it after a while, but still in the course of my looking, there was a comment on one of the threads in eBay that said, you know, if you pop out that little plastic, you know how on, it's on mascara, it's on lip gloss, it's on lots and lots of bottles. It, it, it has a little plastic, um, insert that, that mediates between what's inside the tube or the bottle and the yeah. outside world, yes. right? If you take that off at the end when you have run out, you get another month of product, which is absolutely outrageous and true. So I've done it for my lash strengthener. You can't do it with mascara because if you take that little thing out, there's nothing pulling the, the mascara off the wand. But if any anything that's a liquid... Okay, I'm going to try it and yeah. find out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark my yeah. calendar from yeah. the time I tried it. Okay, good hack, Thanks. Grace. Thanks. Good hack. Okay. Well, we will be back on our next show talking about all the things. They're not okay. Simply not okay. Hey, thank you for listening to Bonfire. This podcast is a production of Bonfire Women Incorporated bonfirewomen.com remember to rate review and subscribe to bonfire wherever you listen to podcasts we love hearing from you questions quandaries things you want us to talk about anything you can reach us at bonfirewomen.com slash podcast the show is produced by elizabeth goldblatt edited and engineered by ryan derringer at welterweight sound the views, information, and opinions expressed during the Bonfire podcast are solely those of the hosts and do not necessarily represent those of the Bonfire Women, Inc. company and its employees. Thanks for listening.